Count the Rupee is descending on them quickly. And Count the Rupee takes the lead now in the gong of the 150. Nudges running home to second. And then came Yamazaki. But it's a local victory. Count the Rupee for Brock Ryan. Won it by two lengths to none. G'day, punters. Welcome to the first edition of Triple J Racing Weekly. Uh, on this show, moving forward, we're going to talk about all the key races on the upcoming weekend, as well as uh, talk about some racing going by. And hopefully, uh, as the show goes on, add a few more segments and maybe even get some jockeys on board the show. But uh, for the first couple of episodes, I've got, I'm joined by Bryce Parker from Investors Bets, and uh, even most recently from yesterday, I believe, now doing form for Back of Winter Oz. Um, I was lucky enough to catch up with Bryce at the Magic Millions Carnival on the Gold Coast. Great form analyst and even better, better bloke. So welcome, Bryce. How you going, mate? Too kind. Uh, yeah, really well, mate. Thanks for having me on board. And, um, yeah, been following you for ages. So certainly uh, no shortage of winners coming on your end. And uh, keen to see what we've both got for this weekend. I feel like it's really getting into the heat of things after a couple of uh, quiet months with the big races. This sort of seems like a pretty big chunk of it, mate. So really keen to get into it. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Starting to heat up. And also, we've obviously had some pretty rough weather lately. So looking outside today, plenty of sun around in Sydney and hopefully it's the same in Brisbane. And uh, yeah, it might make it a bit easier for us, us fellas trying to tip some winners. But um, yeah, really looking forward to talking about the Golden Slipper with you to kick things off. Uh, you got any other early horses you're looking at, mate, or any thoughts on the slipper coming up in 10 days? I I um I was spewing that I missed. I was at a wedding a couple of weeks ago and I had it in my notes. I was really keen on Fireburn and um, its first run, I was first two runs, I was all over it. And then I think I saw the heavy track and just got a little bit weary, but kind of left a note and said, um, if they're making any ground whatsoever, all over it. And I, I missed it because I had no no Wi-Fi where I was. But um, the wedding was great, but missing Fireburn at 10s wasn't. Um, but absolutely airborne. Like the turn of foot is lethal, mate. Like as soon as it has them within firing range, it puts them away within a, a click of fingers. And I think a fair track in a slipper and any, it's probably going to be wet. So it just falls into its lap. It's ticked that box. And I can't remember the price it is at the moment, mate, but I, I think that's the each way one for me. What, what are you thinking? Yeah, mate, I like your thoughts there. And it's, it's certainly a massive box tick if you can handle a wet track at the moment. Obviously, I just mentioned it might be good over the coming days and into this weekend's racing, but if they get any rainfall next week, it's certainly going to be a wet golden slipper. And obviously the main horse everyone's talking about is Cool and Gatta, but, um, you know, the, the one query there is she's mm. coming off a major prep where she went up to the Magic Millions, won the two-year-old race, and, and now comes into this first up, which is going to be no, uh, no, no, no easy task if she's on a heavy track. So, look, the horse I've liked since day one is the Jarden. Um, picked him out from the first trials as a horse to follow. And we obviously got $18 about him in the uh, breeders' plate there early on. And I said to myself after that, I should have backed him to win the Super that day because I'll never see $18 ever again about Sajardin in these two-year-old races. Um, you know, he had a really good debut in. And then he went to the Golden Gift and won from last position at Rose Hill, which is uh, very tough to do, as you know. Not many horses can win from the rear at Rose Hill. It's been very biased. And then um, he's had two runs since. Obviously, the English Millennium first up. He was three wide the trip, wet deck and strong through the line. And I thought he was really good last weekend. So, uh, so Jordan's a horse for me at the $8 price. The other one I don't mind is Magic from the Hawks stable. Only had one start, but the Hawks are a bit sneaky like this. All three of those trials were excellent. And uh, just 
seemed really keen to take that small hole with Willie Piper board and an absolute line chase, and I love that. So, yeah, mate, I'm keen to go around Cool and Gatter as well. That's um, those two that you just mentioned are second and third for me. I think, um, yeah, I reckon that's probably won't make a bad effect. Um, Sajardin's very hard to go against, done everything right. And um, as you said, with magic, sense of timing about it. Willie Pike's fine in his groove in Sydney, and um, I guess we'll get a better gauge on it tomorrow. But um, yeah, if you want, you probably want to get that price earlier rather than the race done tomorrow because that'll get slashed if it runs a ripper, which I feel like it will. Yeah, absolutely. Hard to go past Magic tomorrow, mate. On that regard, we might get straight into the Rose Hill races. Mm. Um, at the moment, forecast is looking good. Hopefully, we get back onto a soft seven, heavy eight, but that might be a little bit ambitious. However, lots of humidity around with uh, obviously the rain going by. But we'll start with race five, mate, which is the Maurice McCartan Stakes. Uh, it's 1,100-metre group three. Rule of Law is a favourite at $2.70. Gravina, three fifty. Shelby 66 is backing up after beating Nature Strip last week at $6. Uh, Remark at seven. Out to large odds the rest. Uh, what's your thoughts on this first race, mate? Or race five, sorry. Oh, I mean, the thing is, like, when I first saw Shelby open up at eights, I thought, is this just the most blatantly obvious $8 pick you could ever make coming off its last run, um, almost pipping Eduardo. And then you have to ask yourself, okay, well, the peak it reached its last run, what's it got now? Is it just going to drastically drop? Or if it runs anywhere near that Eduardo run, it, it just wins and the $8 will look silly. Um, so I kind of had to um and ah about it because you've got Rule of Law who's just totally airborne and very hard to oppose. I mean, that I think it was the Geldings just worked an absolute treat. Um, but, I mean... If Shelby can run near its Eduardo run, that is just A-plus form. Um, but that was a huge peak. I have to have something on it at the eights, mate. I just reckon that is just – it might just be too obvious right in front of us. And sometimes you can get fooled a little bit um, swerving away from things because they do look a little bit obvious. But I just reckon that eights, you're not, not going wrong there off that form. Um, and the other one, oh, very, very tricky to catch um, – Prime Star, if it shows its best, is certainly in the hunt. I, I just think it's a good fresh horse. Handles Rose Hill, loves the 1100. A little bit off the boil lately, um, but I like the long break and I've given it time. Don't know where Remark is at, but its its best can certainly win if its breathing problems are fixed. I think, um, yeah, I'm not sure Gravina, the early, early price is gone and I think it's short enough now and you've got Ruler Clark who's flying, mate. But for me, I'm just going to dabble at Shelby and Prime Star and... Big respect rule of law. What did you land on? Yeah, absolutely, mate. Well, I'm with the. I'm pretty keen on the two horses that have had their nuts chopped off recently, which is, as you said, rule of law and uh, also Gravina. Um, look, rule of law has been up for a long time now, but gets into this stakes race here with with a bit of fitness on on, on its side. You know, a couple of horses here first up, um, and look, just gets to the front, gives you a bold race every start, and it's not easy to have a five uh, five wins in a row like rule of law has mm. since being gelded. So. It's, it's hard to go past that, but I am going to probably stick with Gravina. No. Um, <laughs> the other horse is, is a big watch for me. He's obviously Remark, but obviously the horse is coming up off an operation, shows serious ability, and, and, and it's certainly a watch before you can jump on with any confidence. But with the whole Shelby 66 thing, mate, if, if that horse can back up third week in a row after an effort like that and uh, win again, I'll be, I'll be amazed. So I'll probably be playing around with Rule of Law and Gravina, but... Uh, it's certainly a good race before we head into the the real bigger races, which I'm excited about. 
Absolutely. Um, Ravine is very hard to go against as well. I think if, if you could lock in that early $6, you've done an absolute wonder. Um, the only main knock I had was now it's, it's the $3 mark, but it's it's airborne. And sometimes the gilding ops just work a treat. Well, as you said, mate, two that have had the operations are, are totally airborne here. So it's a pretty good race, I reckon. Nice one to watch. Um, yeah, it's going to be uh, very interesting. I reckon a bit of speed going on as well. So interesting to yeah, see what pans out. The positive thing about the race is it's race five and the two sort of fancy chances are one's, one's going to put itself right on the speed and Gravina's going to be at the rear. So hopefully we can pick up a bit of track pattern by then, which is absolutely crucial mm. to Rosal because you just simply don't know what's going to happen until you've watched a few races. So that'll be interesting. Um, <laughs> race, race six, we'll head into the Shandor Firelap Stakes over 1,500 metres. It's a three-year-old, uh, three-year-old group two race, I believe. Favourite is Fangirl at $2.15. Silent Impact, $6.50. Roots, $8.00. Never Been Kissed, $11.00. Mr. Mozart, 13 And then getting out of large odds. Uh, on the speed map, looks to be a bit of tempo in the race set by Never Been Kissed. And, and Silent Impact will certainly go forward. I'm interested to hear your thoughts here, mate. Uh, it, it, really tricky one and I, it, it was hard to get involved in it because there's so many double nominations that I was sort of struggling to know who's going to be where. I mean, this weekend, Wall has just placed his whole stable in every single race. Um, but I, I, I am interested to see Samstock up in trip. Um, I thought that last win was really good. Even though you look at the margin, it's a 0.1 margin coming off Maiden, but it ripped to the line. I, I, not that that's saying that's the best form by any means, but certainly when it was the $40, that was a bit of a dabble there. Um, I think that can measure up in some good races. And there was a bit of confidence from the stable about it and it backed it up. So never being kissed. If, if the track pattern's on the leaders, I mean, you, it is a group one winner. So it's very hard to look past it. And obviously Fangirl's just got the right form. Don't know where the Roots is going to run tomorrow. I'm pretty keen on it tomorrow. Um, but if it is in here, then obviously it, it demands respect. I've done come back in supreme form. Um, so for me, it's a pretty tricky race. I'm sort of going to wait to see where the runners are at. I'm intrigued with Roots, but I do think Sandstock shouldn't shouldn't be the outsider. Um, I think that'll be hitting the line well. But for me, mate, it's probably going to be a bit of a watch one. Um, if Roots does, one, uh, does run, I might double it each way. But what did you, what did you have? Yeah, I think you're right there, mate. We're probably playing around with the odds a little bit here and not, not so much the actual horse because, obviously, uh, as you said, with all the Waller horses and Priscilla Styler just raced at Rose Hill. I mean, not Rose Hill, Canterbury just then, I believe. So that horse is going to come out, a couple of double nominations. But I'm pretty keen to... If, if Fangirl can't get the job done at $2.15 and that's too short for me, I will not be touching that. I'm probably going to be touching our Silent Impact, who won a benchmark 72 first up and then was runner-up in a benchmark 78 against the bias that day as well. And then I uh, was thrown in the deep end in the group two Hobartville behind Animal and Halal, and I thought the run was quite good. So I just think Silent Impact's got a bit of fitness on its side. I think everyone's been talking about these. Chris Waller, um, Phillies and Mares, you know, Fangirl and, and uh, Espiona. And I just think the odds are coming up too short for my liking. So, um, yeah, the horse I like is certainly Silent Impact. And as you said, Roots was the other one I was keen on, but yeah, we don't know where the horse is going yet. So probably silent impact for me, mate, in that one. Yeah, good shout as well. I think um, I'm, I'm Timmy Clark and Dylan Gibbons that have to be my two favourite jockeys. And 
Um, Timmy Clark is going to be, you're going to get a site for your money 95% of the time he's riding. And um, you'd want to be on speed rather than off with the most races. So good call, mate. I have a chance. And it is a bit overlooked, as you said, a bit of hype about the Waller runners and no problems with its form. And uh, Waterhouse Pot, they just they just fight, don't they? Straight to the front and they just grind it out. So you're always going to get a sight with their horses. Yeah, absolutely. And I think with this improving track, I'm hoping that we, we do get a, a fair Rose Hill because at times the fence plays, you know, as we know, the, the, the fence can play pretty hot at Rose Hill, but if it doesn't play uh, hot on, on the inside, it certainly plays hot outside. So I'm hoping for a fair deck. And if that's the case, I think there's a few value runners in this race. And um, if Fangirl's going to do the job, she's going to have to do it from a tricky position, I believe, in a big field. So interesting race. Yeah. Um, the next race is the Sky High Stakes over 2,000 metres which is a group three set weights and penalties. Um, it's pretty, pretty interesting race this one with a lot of uh, horses coming up, second up and, and that sort of thing. But current favourite is Mount Popper, $4.40. Stockman, $4.60. Skylab with Keegan Latham aboard at $5. Great House, 6 LaBelle, $6.50. Too Much to Bear, 10 Spirit Ridge, 17 And then getting out to double figures. Pretty, uh, pretty solid tempo set here, mate. What's your, what's your thoughts on the race? Um, I've always been, and I was forgiving of the, oh, I was just the most ridiculous photo finish um, for Skylab, uh, I think it was last year, it sat three wide, no cover, for mo- pretty much the 2,000 metres, went down a nose, and I just I just took a bit of my soul, but um, I, I kept sticking with it, even before that run, I've been pretty red hot on Skylab since it debuted, to be honest, and um, Lathan's one out of one aboard. Its return was brilliant. It just smashed the line. I was just so much to like about it. Um, it's always underrated by the market. It hasn't been this time. But if you go look at its SPs, it's just it's always been a huge price. Second to think it over last prep um, when it jumped up to the 2000 which is incredible form for this. Uh, and it was $14 that day. Ran an absolute bottler. And then it, I think it just had enough um, after the next run. But... Uh, even its prior, I think 2000 is good for it. Handles the soft, second up, it's never missed the placings. Keegan Latham, um, I, I do like it. I think you've got to respect Mount Popper. Um, Willie Pike, he, he'll know how to ride it. Um, and I mean, it's got form behind very elegant last start, so very hard to disagree with that. And Great House is a bit of a, uh, it's hard to catch. Um, it can win. Its best efforts can win. And then Stockman if it's very heavy. So Stockman's just waiting for, for a slop, I guess. So for me, mate, Skylab each way, uh, it's just really good horse. And um, I think that think it over form is outstanding for this. Um, it's only going to be better a second up. It was off quite a bit of a break. Um, but I've got to respect other three in the market. I reckon the market's got this pretty bang on, to be honest. I reckon those four runners, there's not a whole lot between them. What did you, what did you go? Yeah, very open race, mate. And I'm certainly um, not finalised on any selection here. But uh, in regards to Skylab, but at the moment, the horse is probably one that I'm keen on. Uh, obviously, first up over 1,400 metres was going to be a bit bit short of the horse's best. But absolutely savage the line down the outside. Relish the, the fast mm-hmm. tempo, which we'll get again here. I guess 1,400 out to 2,000 metres second up is certainly not an easy, uh, easy task. But... Um, the, the thing on his side is that it's going to be a wet deck and Skylab loves a wet deck. I like Keegan Lathan aboard as a jockey and uh, he's also never missed a placing second up. So I think Skylab's coming into the race at the right time with a nice draw 
like you said, Stockman, I could entertain Stockman if we were still in that um, absolute heavy 10 and the rain was still coming down. But with the improving truck, I think Stockman might be uh, one or two runs short. And, um, yeah, probably just dead set looking for the, the um, really wet deck, like you said. Spirit Ridges have also got a lot of time for, and he won first up, I think, last preparation. But the only concern this time around is it's a much bigger break. So uh, that's the concerns with Spirit Ridge. But, um, yeah, I think this is a really open race, and that's why the favourites fought all 50. So plenty of meat on the bone for us anyway, mate. Yeah, good call. I'm glad you mentioned Spirit Ridge. That's um, that's a good mention. Um, that's definitely a good chance at odds. Yeah, it is a very open race. Um, Skylab stepping up in trip, some query, definitely. Fingers crossed it can handle it. And Warren Huntley tipped the card, I'm pretty sure, at Kilmore. If oceanography just gets up here, which it has, he's just tipped eight out of eight. Fuck <laughs> in. There you go. Jeez, that's, that's not he's absolutely filled up. He's gone straight to the pub. <laughs> not an easy task to do, so well done, mate. Um, now we'll talk about the big one, the Coolmore Classic, which is, uh, I think I know who you're going to tip in this one, mate. Uh, one of your girlfriends is racing. <laughs> But um, the favourite is obviously uh, Fangirl Stablemate Espiona at $3.80. We've got Lighthouse at $5.50 on the quick backup. Promise of Success, $6.50. Uh, Expert and Hinge is around that $7 mark. And then we're at the double figures with Wonderbar and Crone and the rest. Uh, obviously, uh, in this race, there's going to be a lot of tempo aboard, and we know who's going to set that. Expert will roll forward. Vangelic's got a horror draw, but uh, she'll certainly come across as well. Shout the bar will go forward from the wide draw and probably a few on the inside will kick up. So we've got a bit of tempo here, mate. Who, who do you like? Mm. I didn't know Straw was racing in this. <laughs> um, uh, um, it's a, it's a tricky one. I think uh, I, I had to go for not necessarily the best horse in the race, but the best setup. And for me, expat ticks the Rose Hill, ticks the wet, ticks the running pattern. Tommy Sherry looking for that group one. Lands on the speed. And its form is outstanding. It's absolutely brilliant for this. You go through and you have a look, mate. It's got um, overpass, uh, Wanda Bar. It's just like it's been standing up. And uh, Sorry, I think it was lost and running as well. It might have had form behind. It's just absolutely spot on for this. And it's a total um, just looks the right price for me. I saw the sevens. I thought, gee, it's just going to land on the speed and you're just going to get a sight for your money. And that might not be the best horse in the race, but... If you can handle Rose Hill and you can handle the heavy, I think that's the two main things for me tomorrow. Um, so I really warm to expat um, with that race, mate. I think that was a really nice each way go. Um, and it's just a grinder. It just loves to absolutely grind it out. When it's put under pressure, it just keeps going. And a lot of them just kind of, they'll flop and um, and, and don't handle the heat. And expat just loves it. So I'm happy to be with it. Yeah, mate, totally understand your thoughts there. Um, Expat, obviously, a bit of a Rose Hill horse as well. They Rose Hill in a wet deck is exactly what Expat's after. And um, obviously, when they when they took her to Queensland, she didn't really handy, handle those firm grounds too good. But yeah, Rose Hill rolling forward, you can't go wrong there. And that's mm. probably why she had a bit of success. Um, the couple of horses I like in the race, Lighthouse, obviously, on the seven-day backup after a Massive effort behind Forbidden Love last week. <laughs> uh, second in the Group 1 Canterbury Stakes. Obviously, relished the wet going. Uh, prior to that, was pretty strong in the CF4 Stakes. And well, I think the seven-day backup will suit the horse because she's a bit of a grinder. You know, she gets into a rhythm and, and um, starts her run early. So that type of horse should relish the seven-day backup on a wet deck. And I do think that uh, this race certainly shapes to suit. Um, the other horse I'm pretty keen on is Promise of Success. 
obviously. I think that this horse is better from an outside alley. I don't think she likes being on the inside. And uh, with that wide draw, Rachel's going to go back and, and they'll just sit off the yep. tempo and come down the outside. And realistically, if there's one horse in the race with a, with a major turn of foot on a wet deck, it's probably this one with no weight on its back. And then um, obviously Espiona is really well placed with 50 kilos as well. Yep. But um, yeah, major negative jockey change there for mine and also going to be inside barrier four in a little bit of space. And also I think Chris has made it pretty clear that we're not going to see the best of her until she gets back on a good track. But if you do log Espiona, at least you're getting $3.80 this week and not absolutely ludicrous odds like we have been getting. But it's an interesting race, mate. Really looking forward to it. Yeah, I think it was Lighthouse would have been the one you said with the love affair, possibly. I've been on that all prep. It's an absolute star, um, and I'll definitely be saving on it. I thought um, the price was probably about right. I thought Expat was overs, but Lighthouse is definitely one that I love backing two horses in a race, and I think I'm just going to go straight out, those two on the nose. Um, they're going to be in the finish somewhere. Lighthouse just has absolutely flying, and they're used to stable of freaks, as we saw last weekend, and pretty much every other weekend. So you can't go wrong backing them in big races. And if they run it, you can you can trust it's ready to have to handle another run. They don't get it wrong often. Absolutely, mate. The stable's flying. And also just just the format of the race, I think Forbidden Love um, obviously is absolutely flying and airborne this preparation. And and you look at the – there was a gap to third place there as well. So I thought it was a really good effort last week. And I just think if she handles the, the seven-day backup from that draw as well, perfect, find a bit of cover and um, should be able to run away hopefully with it. Uh, moving on to race nine, which is the Vale Allen Brown benchmark 88. Um, the current favourite in the race, just let me get that up for us, is, oh, there's a few favourites on the equal line of betting, plenty of value here. Catelyn Taxu and Syndicato at $5.50. Mara and Pass, $6.50. Astero, $9. Um, then we're going out to Poetic Charmer, Salamaya, Matawataki, all at double figure odds. Uh, looking at the speed map, plenty of speed drawn on the inside. Um, that's if this Syndicato finally gets a start. Loves loves getting itself scratched from races. But, um, yeah, looking forward to who you're selecting this race, mate. Yes, this was probably the hardest one on the card, I thought. Um, and I don't think this is the strongest form, but Estero's run behind um, Rustic Steel was an absolute bottler. I thought it was huge. And um, if you go have a look at its runs, it just it – just, Flies to the line. I don't like that running pattern, um, but 52 kilograms, it's going to be rattling home uh, if you can make ground on the day. Three runs back, it wasn't too far off rule of law. And I just think with the light weight in these conditions, that looks ideal. Um, on speed, you've got Taxu landing up there is just is going to be up in front grinding. Marampar, it's just very consistent horse. Catalan, I could risk on the heavy. Um, I, I just think Catlin's a dead set good tracker. Um, four out of five on the good, zero out of two on the heavy. So I, I'm a fan of Catalan, but um, I, I'd need the track to dry up for it. And Poetic Charm is just, how do you catch that thing? I mean, it's got the right form. Um, you can always entertain it at a price, likes the heavy. So it's very hard to go against, but very hard to catch. Um, it does have a 57% place rate. So, you know, 350 for the place, Poetic Charm is likely to be in the finish. But for me, mate, I just think Estero is worth the spec. Maybe not the four, but with the lightweight and and two two out of three on the heavy. So just absolutely loves the slot. Rule of law form. And I think Rustic Steel is going to be a star. So I have no problems with that form. What, what did you go? 
Mate, you got two horses written down at this stage, and that may change pending the uh, track upgrades, but I'm actually on um, a stero each way myself at this stage. Obviously, as you said, was off a four-week break leading Ooh. into that Newick qualifier behind um, Rustic Steel, which was a good, you know, that's good form lines for this. Uh, rock hard fit, inside draw at this stage of the day might be a little bit of a concern, and I do think the horses are one of those ones that likes running down the outside, but it was the weight that got me on board in this race. Drops down to 52 and a half, as you said. Um, if we're on a heavy 9-10, loves yeah. the slop. That was the key. Um, if we do get into that soft seven range, I could potentially change my selection. And I've got a lot of time for Syndicato. Um, obviously, Kiwi, which is hard to hard to get my head around Kiwi form and um, even get my hands on any any footage. But obviously, um, I had a good look at the horse at the yard when I was up at Rose Hill, I believe it was, last start. And... Honestly, the horse just bolted onto the track and ran away, ran around about two laps with Tommy Berry aboard and just didn't want to race, carried on. And then they had to scratch from Canterbury or wherever it was to start after. So they've been trying to get the horse to the races for a while, 52 and a half on its back as well. Hopefully they can this weekend, but there's certainly um, a couple of mood issues going on with Syndicato. But in terms of class, I think I think Syndicato is right up there. And as you said, Catelyn's a really good first up horse, finds Timmy Clark. Another one is probably a bit of a parade watch. And um, apart from that, it's a really, really open field. So I think you're right about trying to find that horse. It's the right value and going each way. And a stero might be the right play for the race. Perfect. That sounds good. I'm glad we both landed on that because I had a feeling um, you might have been all over it, especially because you do like, um, I guess, that Sydney form, you know, a fair bit about it. And I saw, I saw that rustic steel form lines and uh, – thought uh, i have a feeling fish will be on this <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah obviously um you know new south wales metro and provincial racing is where i like to do my work and uh got a, a good grip on a lot of those horses so i mean i'm not gonna lie to you i've been on a, a steroids back a number of times even in recent times it just seems to really shape up to a race in the right frame of mind and looks looks really well placed and just lets you down on the day but um, I'm always keen to take the horse on when it's when it's around that nine dollar, three dollar mark and a good each way value. So I do like a stero in this race. Uh, we finished the Sydney program with a benchmark seventy eight, um, which is over nineteen hundred meters. Uh, the current favourite is Zoom on four dollars forty. Forever you two in a row for Nisham is at six dollars. Russo seven dollars fifty. Pale King and, and Richie Benno at the eight and nine dollar mark. Uh, Mr. G, $12, and he had to some pretty large odds. Uh, obviously, Canasta's in the field here, mate, so you know what that means. We're going to be rolling on at a really good tempo and uh, getting an exciting watch and probably a, a really strung out field. Um, so, yeah, who do you like in this one? Uh, depending on whether it's an absolute bog fest, because I'm not sure it wants it very heavy, but if we're in the soft range, I could land on the Guru I was on it last two starts. You've got um, second behind military expert and second behind room number, and it, it just finds a line. And if they go along in a really strong clip, they might just cook it out in front, and that could just rattle down the outside. Zoom on, I've pretty much been on every time it hasn't won and then laid it every time it's won. And it, it has talent. Timmy Clark on the speed, so... Um, you, you really hard to pot zoom on. I think that's a pretty good bet, but Canasta is also going to be pestering it. Um, I think I'm going to take zoom on and uh, the guru each way, but one at really big odds. Silent agenda is going pretty well. Just, I don't know what happened last start, but you go have a look through its form. No problems with it. It's $46 at the moment. 
and it gets in at a winnable weight, handles the wet. So you've got to keep an eye on silent agenda, never miss the placings from three goes at the trip as well. It's paying $12 to place. Um, I'll probably be going those three, mate. It's the last race of the day, so I'll just be having a good crack at three. Um, yeah, if Zoomon gets it out in front and it doesn't cop much heat, I just don't reckon they'll catch it. What did you have? Yeah, mate. Um, as you said, last race of the day, so we'll certainly have our hands on a good track pattern here by, by this stage of the day and know what's going on. But um, certainly the uh, that's what the punters want, mate, good value, and that's what you've tipped out for us there with the Guru, 26 and $7.50. Uh, I'm looking at a couple of horses out of the Zoomon race at Canterbury, I believe it was. Um, and I, I do think that Beno might have the upper hand here. I, um, I know he gets a two and a half kilogram weight swing on, on the horse to beat him, zoom on, gets onto a bigger track. Um, Barry one and Ranger Ping's a little bit of a query, obviously. Um, but that and that ride will need a lot of tactical thought about it and um, a bit of luck as well. Um, was 1400 to 1900 there first up. And I just think that the added fitness here, and I think that Benno's got a bit more upside than zoom on. Uh, in saying that, zoom on was very good that day, keeps Timmy Clark aboard. Um, you know, both runs this preparation have been good, stirred up here today and certainly beat a few of the, few of the runners in this field that last start. So, um, but Zoom mm. on was 15.50 and 1,900. So, look, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty keen to take the double price about Bano at an each-way go. And um, I thought Mr G's been going really well and, and probably shakes up a little bit better here with the heavy weight onto a soft deck and not a absolutely bottomless deck. Reese Jones will take the horse right back to last and bolt down the outside. And I think, as we all know, last race of the day on a wet deck, especially a soft seven, soft six at Rose Hill, sometimes it's the, it's the place to be. So, um, yeah, those are certainly a couple of um, runners that I'm keen on, mate. This segment moving forward is one that I'm really excited for. Um, this fellow goes by the name of Mad Dog, and I've convinced him to join the show. Um, he's the type of guy that doesn't uh, doesn't like tipping horses that are short in the market. He's a real value hunter, real roughy chaser, and he's, he's the type of guy at your local that walks around three schooners deep telling all the old fellas to put the papers away because they're looking too short. And, um, you know, he only really needs to jag one right every 10 bets he puts on, and he's still ahead for the for 10-week the period. So, look, I'm really excited to have him join the show, and uh, I'd like you to introduce you all to, to Mad Dog. He'll be on the show with his roughie of the week each week and uh, his reasonings behind the selection. So please listen closely because um, some of the reasonings behind his, his, his roughie of the week are... A little bit out there compared to the type of form that I do, but nonetheless, I do follow you in, and uh, we'll see what we can do first up here off a lengthy break. G'day punters, Mad Dog here with my Ruffy of the Week selection. So I slid out of bed about midday today and had a bit of a scroll through the field for the Tab Adelaide Cup at Morfittville. I couldn't believe my eyes when I seen this horse. Absolutely as rough as fucking guts, $71 pop by the name of She's Betty. Bit of advice for this ruffie is to avoid place bets at all costs. If you've got an odds boost to use, I'd be throwing it on this filly, dumping 50 on the nose and riding her home. So get on board, everything's pointing towards a win here. Not only did she finish eighth last start, but she's also going up in class, so get amongst it. Jeez, he hasn't held back there, straight off the bat into a $70 pop. Uh, one thing that he didn't mention on the recording there was uh, one thing that he spoke to me about prior to the uh, podcast this afternoon. 
was that he really liked Shees Betty trained at the track. Um, that was his real turning point. Three-year-old filly down in the weights trained at the track, and he just couldn't believe the odds. And I said to him, well, there's about nine horses in the race trained at Moffaville there, mate. And um, he didn't want to borrow that conversation. So anyway, moving forward, what we're going to do is we're going to place a $10 bet every week on Mad Dog's Ruffy of the Week. So at this stage of the proceedings, if Shees Betty can... Um, Win the Adelaide Cup on the weekend. $700 will be coming in, and all of that money will be going to a uh, charity of choice. Uh, the first one will obviously be Mad Dog's opportunity to decide, and I think he wants it to go to the Flood Appeal. So he's already got the, um, the he's already got the donation written up, ready to go to give it there at $700. But uh, I told him we'll wait and see what happens with She's Betty first. But nonetheless, uh, really happy to have Mad Dog on the show, and um, we'll get back into the Flemington proceedings now and uh, back into the serious sort of things. All right, mate, we're going to turn our attention to the uh, the best track in the country, Flemington. Uh, group one racing down there, but we'll kick things off talking about the Tab Cuny Stakes over 1,600 metres. Uh, three-year-old filly, set weights and penalties, or set weights group two, sorry. Um, just let me get myself sorted here. Race five, Flemington. Current favourite in the race is Argentia, $3.50. Yearning for the Hawks Camp, $5.50. Arctica, $6.00. Barb Raider, $6.50. Lavish Girl, last start winner at $10. J-Mac rides Chris Wallace, pretty amazing at $10. And getting out of some large odds. Mokalura even at $31. Looking at the speed map, uh, lots of horses are going to push forward. Lavish Girl and Barb Raider from out wide. Arctica from the inside. Should be a moderate tempo here, mate. Um, who do you like in this race? Yearning, best bet of the month. Absolutely. I like the bet. I... If you go look back at its run um, a few weeks ago, and I was I was pretty keen on it first up, you go have a look at what weight it was carrying, the, the way the track was playing and how it ran, and out of anything, you just have to have to be with that one after that race. I mean, its run was enormous against the pattern. It drops a stack of weight here, and it's up to the distance it won a group one at. It just looks outstanding at the 550. Um I've always, I think I've been on this every single start and I just look through the field and I go, got that covered, got that covered, got that covered. Barrier four, John McNeil. I just think this should be $2.250. Pretty amazing, just got scratched. Mokalu um, is a good little blowout at odds, mate, but I reckon Yearning's an absolute ripper. What did you land on? Yeah, mate, I'm really happy that you said that. And as I've said that, pretty amazing. It's just been scratched. But uh, at the moment, mate, my best bet on the program is honestly Yearning. Um, as you just said, absolutely excellent first up in the Armanasco um, Group 2 over 1,400 metres. Was yeah. unable to catch uh, Lavish Girl and Argentia that day. It was clearly the, be- the best last 200 metres of the race. Um, absolutely savage the line. She's already ticked the 1,600 metre box. We all know that 1,400 metres at Caulfield is a totally different ball game to a 1,600 metre at Flemington. Not only that, gets a one kilogram swing on Argentia, a three and a half kilo swing on Lavish Girl. And those two horses are attacking the 1,600 metres first go. So yep. I just think, and I just think barrier four, John McNeil shoots out, finds cover, and honestly, I can see that horse being the strongest at the end of the 1,600 metres. And the other one I like is a horse that I also tipped up last start, Mokalua. Um, and I know I really I tipped both of these horses up last start, and Mokalua's out to silly odds, but comes out of the same races, Yearning and uh, Lavish Girl and Argentia. Came out of the Epsom, I mean, not the Epsom, sorry, the Espiona fangirl race first up. Finds Natural Willow, which is a strong rider. And I thought her, her best work was, was late in that last start race as well. Third up, 1,600 metres. She just finds them 1,200 and 1,400 metre races a bit short. So 
Um, look, I think Makalua is really good odds at the twenty six and six dollars, but um, yeah, mate. Honestly, I, I really do think your earnings are the best bet of the weekend. Yeah, it looks like we've got the same um, Quinella there, so I reckon I'll, I'll um, run those. Makalua's yeah, great each way go, but clean air, mate. Yearning is a Frank Warrell. <laughs> That's it. Really keen to see if we get that one right, mate. And hopefully we do kick off the first episode with a big win for yearning. But uh, yeah, the horse has certainly let me down in the past as well. So looking forward to the race. But um, I'm looking even more forward to this next race, the new market handicap, Route 1, 1200 metres at Flemington. Um, it's an absolutely super field here. Current favourite is Home Affairs with Jay Mac aboard, uh, $3.70. Lost and running right behind it, $3.90. Artorius eight dollars, Mars Crusader eight dollars fifty. Out to Quantico fifteen. Look at the horses at double figure odds here. What a race this is! Um, really looking forward to it, and I don't really know if I need to mention it, but obviously, uh, looking at the speed map, it's going to be a really fast run, twelve hundred meters. The fast horses are all drawn out wide, which I think is a really key point in the race. I'll talk about that soon, but yeah, mate, interested to hear your thoughts on the big big one. Yeah, cracking race. Um, I'm, it's going to be really messily run. You've got a stack field, lots of pace. So I think just trying to work out the map just gives you a mad headache with this one. Um, I'm, I'm happy to be with Lost and Running. I think its form is just really hard to pot holes in, really hard to pot holes in. We saw what Overpass did last weekend. Um, it just Huey Bowman knows how to win a Group 1. Um, the win before, Wanda Bar took out the Newcastle Cup. Um, so just lands on the lobs on the speed. And for me, uh, it's hard to go past it. Quantico is a good shout with a good track. Um, and if you want to lose five years life expectancy, you can, you can back mask Crusader if you love a bit of a thrill. But um, for me, mate, lost and running. Um, I think Rupees are good, I and mean, it's $7 worthy. So I, I, you know, I might be boxing a few things up, mate, with County Rupee, Lost and Running, and um, Quantico. Obviously, Home Affairs deserves mad respect. Um, I just, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm not sure I want to take the 370, but very hard to beat. J-Mac, Chris Waller, um, just, you know, Barrier 16, need a peach from J-Mac. But then again, how often does he do them? So what, what did you settle on with this one? Yeah, well, my home affairs has certainly proven to be that super three-year-old cult we, we always thought he could be, and he probably just became a little bit of a late bloomer after his two-year-old days. Um, and then, look, I really did want to find him in this race, but one key key point in the race that I really like, and it gives gives us a bit of an edge um, in other horses, I think, is that the two horses drawn around home affairs are the ones that are going to put the pressure on. So you're going to have Oxley Road home affairs, the snap dancer all down the outside, really bowling forward, and I really hope that one of those horses can get home affairs um, in a little bit of an uncomfortable position, working hard early. He's obviously proven himself down the straight. He can't. He's coming out of five-length loss to Nature Shipping Crusader in a fast run Everest, and then backed up two Saturdays later to win. He's coming out of this prep and one down the straight. Um, obviously, yeah, he's in really good form. Horse that I've got a lot of time for is Quantico. Um, we all know that he doesn't run at anything other than a good force, so that's probably another reason why he's in Melbourne. But Based on that fact, he's missed a pretty key lead-up to that race. Um, but I really do believe in this horse, Quantigo, and I think he's got a stack of ability. He's actually my Everest horse this year. Um, he's trialled even better than what we've seen in the past, this preparation. He's also won down the straight. 
He's carrying 52 and a half kilos. Barrier 12 gives him the opportunity to sit just in behind the speed. And I just think K-Mac can get, get this horse smothered at the price. Uh, $19 he was when I last looked. I'll just double-check that. $15. I think at the price, he's an absolute each-way bet. Um, and I just think on the weight swing, he might be able to give home affairs a good run for its money with that pressure around. And the other horse I had a lot of time for was obviously Count de Rupi, who's um, no doubt going to get better out in trip and, and probably going to get better second and third up, but obviously got a soft spot for the stable and uh, Brocky going aboard there. But I do think this horse has got a, a special ability. If you listen to the stable, he's, he can be a little bit lazy in his track work, but he just knows when it's race day. And I think that that might show up and he might head down to Melbourne. Obviously, he's going to be in new surroundings. I'm um, going to be a good crowd down there. So he's going to, certainly going to know it's race day. And I really like Brock's comment. He said he's going to jump out of the gates and dead set follow Hugh Bowman everywhere he goes on Lost and Running. And I really like that because Candor Rupi sort of goes a little bit walkabouts when he hits the lead too early. So, um, yeah, really looking forward to that. And I think there's plenty of value in the race, man. I've got a lot to think about. But, uh, yeah, those are obviously the runners and, and obviously Lost and Running as well. I think we've got to take into account that Lost and Running was set for an Everest last time around. And, and this prep, John O'Shea, has really just set him race by race, let him go about his work. And, um, you know, he beat Overpass first up by two lengths, carrying five kilos more. That form's been franked all over the shop. Yep. So, look, this is an excellent race. Mm-hmm. So I can't wait for it. And I've got plenty more work to do on it. Yeah, absolutely, mate. I, I think... Um, I agree with everything you just said. Might be boxing up a few things with the, with the ones we've just thrown in the mix, to be honest. Can't really land on one. But, yeah, Quantico each way is really good odds, isn't it? Oh, I think I think we can have a couple of trifectas and first fours in this race and just lob in the counter rupees, the Quanticos, any of those runners that have ability at the lighter end of the scale on the weights. And uh, hopefully you throw in, you know, your lost and runnings and home affairs too and get a, get a result in there. But... Um, yeah, excellent race, mate. Looking forward to it. And also, uh, race seven, we've got the Tab Australia Cup over 22,000 metres. It's another another group one race. Um, your current favourite is Kerry Parker's Think It Over from Kembla Grange. Spanish Missions at $4.50. Cascadian, $8. Uh, Ed Cummings has Jewess Flying at the $8.50. She's Ideals, 11 Calcine Mav, Maximile, 18 Getting out to some pretty large odds the rest. Um, as for the tempo in this race, there's plenty of it. With Delphi just following the rail and leading them up, um, Calisone Mav and Spanish Mission from our wide will come across. So I think there's good tempo and a draw will be um, a, a pretty solid pointer in this race. But who are you with, mate? Are you with the favourite or are you, are you playing around? Think it over. If I was very rich, I'd be absolutely pile driving the $1.40 um, on uh, Think It Over to place because it, it – I don't know how that doesn't. You go have a look at its um, last runs on good tracks. The thing is absolutely bulletproof. It just knows how to win. It's it's uh, 14 from 18 on good tracks, and most of those misses are very close, and most of those successes are lately. So I think I'm just going to multi that um, place odd in, odds into a, a stack of things, but hard to go past it. You're going to get a great sight from it. Uh, very hard to pot on a good track. Uh if something can surprise me at odds, I think Maximal could definitely run a good race. I mean, it's form in, in Great Britain. It's behind Bayed, which is just – it blows these away. It, it, it seriously does. I mean, Bayed's just an absolute star and poetic flair. So I'm not a huge UK analyst, but I do know that if Maximal gets it right, it'll, it'll, it can go close. 
Juice is a good stayer. I've always been a fan of it. I've won on it a few times, so I've got to respect it. Um, but for me, mate, I just think think it over. I'm probably going to back it each way. I just reckon a dollar forty. I know it's short, but I just don't know how that doesn't run top three. And I don't normally take a dollar forty odds, but. And, um, yeah, I'll just watch the market with Maximal because if it gets it right, I think that'll be a scary good horse. How'd you go? Yeah, mate, I think you're spot on about that. Um, obviously, there's there's two or three horses I like in the race. I think you'd be a game in to, to do it back against, think it over, because I just think that uh, the way that he came out and won the Apollo Stakes just suggested to me that he's, he's come out a few lengths in front of a few of these horses in these earlier races in the preparation. Uh, we do know that he's probably going to get better out in trip. But as you said, he's, he's all over it on a good track. Um, I do think he's obviously a better horse and, and raced many more times in Sydney. So that's probably a little bit of a query. But the thing about thinking over is he's such a consistent horse. He knows where the line is. He wants to win races. He gets along with his jockey and he just seems like a happy, healthy horse. And that, that goes a long way. Um, obviously, last start, he, he I thought even though he finished fourth in the form guide, it was 1.5 lengths of very elegant. She's ideal who like a wet track. Think it over simply doesn't like a wet track and, and still perform that close. So, look, the horse is absolutely flying. Three dollars, some people will say it's a bit short, but I think that from barrier four, national board honestly looks really, really hard to beat. Um, another horse that I'm really keen on and, and really like to do as well. Um, the thing is, this horse is absolutely flying as well. She's flown home um, both both last two starts and, and been really good at the last 200. I think she's had the, the fastest last 200 of both those starts. So, She's really, really running home fast in, in her races and, and loves a good track as well. Uh, I just think that two kilos off Think It Over is probably not going to be enough to, to get the swing. Um, but I'm really looking forward to Jewess getting out in, further in trip than this, this preparation and seeing what the horse can do. But uh, I know, I mean, we're getting $3 Think It Over to win. We're getting $2.70 Jewess to place. So I could back two horses in this race. I think most of the other horses in the field have got while they're another run that they need to do to, to win. And I think Cascadian, I think, is probably stretching it going out to 2,000 metres now, although it was a nice win last start at the 1,800. So really good race, mate. But, yeah, I can't see myself going past Think It Over or, or Jewess in this one. But, um, yeah, super runner, super race. Uh, just before we finish things off, mate, you got any other runners from around the grounds that you want to tip out to listeners this week? Hey, just cut out. I lost you there for a sec. Uh, yeah, mate, just wondering if you had any other runners from around the grounds you wanted to tip listeners into this weekend or you haven't finished your form yet? Yeah, mate, there's a few. Um, I, I think Majestic Shot in Gosford, absolute star of a horse. Um, barrier one, initially I thought, oh, might be tricky for it, but they led on it one day and it worked an absolute treat. So I don't see why it doesn't lead. Um, obviously, you've got to respect uh, I think it's great news. It's a, that's a bomb first up. But Majestic Shot, I think that's a serious um, serious racehorse. And you're getting you know, over $3 for it. And um, I just thought that was a really nice price. And there's a couple others. Um, obviously, a couple of weeks away, Country Championships. Edit is an absolute outstanding bet um, at the $11. If they get it right with Edit, if you go watch his Cozzy replay, it is unbelievably lucky. Lost by a length and a half. He saw backside the whole straight. Bowman rode half a kilo over. And then he thrown in the deep end and he ripped home in the same splits as Eduardo. If Edit has any luck in the country championships and doesn't settle in Launceston like he did in the Cozzy, he will just absolutely brain them. So I think that's a really good futures bet. Um, other than that, mate, it's probably um, 
The other one at Gosford, you can keep an eye on the ticket to anywhere. It was behind Kitts Bay, trialled up nicely, Ellen Hennessy, and now a really good claim for it. I think you're getting four dollars, so um, that'll be really hard to beat in race five at Gosford. Um, and uh, that's about everything for me, mate. Around the ground, it's um, edit is, uh, and also one other one I did want to touch on was uh, Chad at Canberra. Just saw the the markets, and it's it's four eighty. I think that's a really good bet. It's a classy horse, Brock Ryan, which I know you're a huge fan of, and. I mean, Ames come up a three dollars sixty favorite, mate, but it hasn't done a thing. Um, it hasn't done anything its last three or four runs. So I'd be more than happy to take the four eighty about chat. You go have a look through chat's form, and it's very, very good for this. Comes out of that lost and running overpass race, and um, it's just a classy horse. So I reckon that's a really nice each way go on Sunday. That's Canberra Race Seven, chat. Awesome, mate. Um, yeah, I do remember that run from uh, Edit. I had to turn my notifications off my phone because you were blowing up for that long after that race. Uh, but I don't think you were the only <laughs> one. I think, I think there was a lot of people around the country with the same thoughts. So uh, Edit is certainly one to follow on this preparation, absolutely. And um, I'm really enjoying these provincial midway qualifiers. I really think they're, they're really adding another dimension to the Saturday's racing and giving us something else to follow out of these uh, sort of other tracks from the main ones. Only one other runner for me from around the grounds, mate. Black Opal, uh, Metallicity, take the $5.50. Forget about the first race of the horse's career. Something went amiss that day. It wasn't the same horse we've seen at the trials. I'm convinced of that. Tommy Berry, wide draw. Take him back. Don't push him forward like we did last start. Let him explode down the outside and get that last spot in the slipper. And um, really looking forward to that. So, yeah, Metallicity for me on Sunday, mate. Uh, but other than that, give us your best in value for the weekend. I'm glad you mentioned that. that. That was my best each way at Canberra. So, um, yeah, that's. I think um, everything that that debut said screamed back next start and just a bit of a better better steer and stuff. But is it best in value for tomorrow? Best in value for Saturday, yeah. Oh, sorry, for Saturday. I'm too eager. I think uh, Saturday's tomorrow. I've got to be with the earning, mate. I reckon that's just – I'd have it if I could mark prices as an assessor. I'd be having it $2.00. I think it's a more than 50% chance of winning. I think the setup's unbelievable for it. If the horse is brought in right condition, it should just be winning. Um, obviously, we don't know what's happened behind the scenes, but anything like um, the setup and, and on paper, I think it just looks the winner. And best each way, it's a bit of a tricky one. Probably, probably have to settle with Quantico, as you said. I mean, $15 for... Um, it's record on good tracks, lightweight, ripping home. If they go nuts up front, um, pending track bias. Uh, but at the moment, I, I'd be happy to have that each way all day. Uh, it could be anything. I mean, it's very hard to pot what it's done so far. And if they cook it up front, it'll just be roaring home down the outside. Yeah, my best bet was going to be yearning as well, but I'll, uh, I'll throw out Metallicity so we don't double up because my value runner for the weekend is also Quantico. So... Um, there we go. Pretty uh, pretty similar thoughts from the two of us. Hopefully we can have a really big thing, big weekend to kick things off for the, the podcast. Um, I hope everyone enjoyed the show. Obviously, all of my stuff is on Triple J Racing on Instagram, Facebook, and, and also Twitter. Um, you know, I'll send out all, all tips for Saturday's Saturday's cards at Sydney and Melbourne and also staking plays over the weekend. Um, and also give Bryce's page a follow on Investors Bets and He's also uh, giving tips out now for back of winner odds, so follow him on there, and hopefully everyone can get into plenty of winners, mate. But uh, thanks for joining the show first week, and I'm looking forward to talking to you again next week, Bryce. 
Thanks very much for having me, mate. Let's hope we're on the ball and, and make plenty of winners out of this. Yeah, looking forward to it, mate. All right, guys, have a great weekend.